Hi, fellow creeps. It's Felicia from New York, and you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks. Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 63. And you just heard Felicia from New York, and I loved how she said fellow creeps. Mm-hmm. If you want to up your creep level and join the Creepinati and do an intro just like she did, go on over to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. What? <laughs> dot com. <laughs> Patreon dot com. <laughs> like, who am I, Chandler Bing? <laughs> Let's jump right in. Hi, ladies. Instead of sharing one of my paranormal encounters, I decided to share some local lore. It's not too creepy, but it's one of my favorite things to talk about from my hometown, just because it's interesting to me. I was born and raised in Mesquite, Texas, which is located near Dallas. Most of the stuff in Mesquite is a little older or run down, but I always get a nostalgic feeling when I'm in town. I now happen to work there as well, though I haven't lived there since 2012. There's a community college located there, and on the campus lies an old graveyard. There used to be a house as well, but it's since burned down. The cemetery was established in 1863. I'm not exactly sure when the house, known as Motley Mansion, was built, but the family, headed by Zachariah Motley, arrived in Texas from Kentucky in 1856. The mansion burned down in 1967, long before my time, but plenty of older people from the area remember stories of it being haunted. The real interest to me, though, is the graveyard itself. I first heard of the mansion and graveyard when I was a kid after reading a book titled The Legend of Motley Mansion that my friend had in their car. Since then, I have always been interested in the place and the family, but surprisingly, I've never visited the graveyard itself. The graveyard tells the stories of an interesting family of pioneers who helped to develop our town, even up into modern times. The first burial was in 1863. It was the third oldest of what I believe was 10 children total. Her name was Penelope Penny Motley McLean, and she was 21 at the time of her death. She had given birth to a son in 1862, but he also passed away not long after his mother. Another interesting story is the foot buried in the graveyard. What? Just the foot, though. The original owner of the foot chose not to be buried with it when he later passed away, Supposedly, he was riding on a horse that got away from him, and his foot got caught in the stirrup. He got away, but the foot had to be amputated. It was buried in the graveyard in 1911. You know what that reminds me of? One foot in the grave? <laughs> no, but good one. No, here lies Stump from Fried Green Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's actually, I thought of that, but then the saying, like, one foot in the grave, uh, too much. Again, you went too, like... Smart on that. Okay, that's not smart. I feel like it is. I feel like it's just a saying. A stranger story yet is the arm buried in the cemetery as well. No, not belonging to the same person as the foot. The arm belonged to another man from the family and was buried in 1894. His arm got caught in the machinery at the cotton gin he worked at and had to be amputated. It was buried in the graveyard, but not just one time. According to the lore, John, the man who had his arm amputated, started to feel phantom pains. He told his family that it felt like ants were biting his arm. The family dug up the arm and found that it was crawling with ants. (gasps) Holy shit! It was sealed in an airtight box and reburied for the final time. He later passed away in 1925. He was not buried with his arm. Holy shit! The graveyard was restored and cared for by John Bailey Motley, In the 1960s, he was the son of John, the man whose arm was buried in the cemetery. Joe repaired the fence and expanded the family's graveyard to include the graves of the family of slaves that Zachariah had brought with him from Kentucky who were buried nearby. 
He replaced their previous wooden post markers with new plaques. He also financed the cemetery to become a Texas historical marker in 1976. From what I read about him, Joe Motley did a lot to build up Mesquite and the surrounding areas during his lifetime. He served on the Coast Guard as well as the Garland ISD Board, a neighboring town. That's like the school district for people not from Texas. Yeah, independent school district. He chaired a committee to build a recreation center and told them not to name it after him. But the board decided to name it after him anyway without informing him of the decision. It seems like he was known for being a helpful but humble man. And he was married to his high school sweetheart for 68 years. Oh, gosh. I believe he's buried in the Motley Cemetery as well, but I'm not for sure. There's so many more tales about the Motley family and their cemetery, but I just gave what I thought were the more interesting ones from the lore, minus the haunting of the house, but the stories are from before my time, and I'm not that familiar with them. If you look up Motley Mansion, you can find photos of the house, as well as the graveyard and some of the family members. I hope this wasn't too boring. Thank you both for reading and or listening to some of the history and lore from my hometown. Kay. I love that, and Mm -hmm. I love Joe because he gave the people who didn't get respect in their life respect afterwards, at least. And while it shouldn't be considered progressive, very progressive for 1960s. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're still working on integration at this point in the 1960s, you know? We love Joe. All right. Hey, ladies. I'm so glad you enjoyed my story of the haunting of my childhood home. I'd like to tell you about the house I lived in with my now ex-husband, D. He worked third shift, and I was first or second, so I was alone most nights. We moved in about seven years ago now. It was an old house built in 1952 and remodeled about 10 years before we got there. It was a nice house with a mostly, supposedly, not freaky finished basement, It had a fireplace down there, along with laundry, a bathroom, an extra bedroom my mom used when she visited, and a lot of storage. I've always been sensitive to spirits, so I wasn't really surprised when I started sensing them. As far as I could tell, there were three spirits. A child, which I believe was mostly residual, as it did not interact ever. A woman who was very motherly and a grumpy man. The child was mostly in the garage and kitchen. I would see a small shadow dart around occasionally. I could also feel him around, but my belief in him was cemented one night when I was on the phone with a friend. We were just chatting as we hadn't talked in a while. I suddenly heard, Mom! Mama! Mom! I started laughing and asked her, Oh, is your nephew there? That was really loud. She paused before answering, he's not here, and that was on your end. I told her I had to go and started looking around the house. I'm not sure what I expected to find, but it seemed like the thing to do. Next, grumpy dude, probably old, but who knows. The basement had an open staircase and a wall on one side. You could see into the den slash fireplace area from about the second step. It was well lit as well. I wouldn't say he was malicious or evil, but he was totally annoyed. Just like an old guy who doesn't like the company, but can't say anything about it. So I was headed down with a load of laundry. I know, I know, laundry and demons are all that's in the basements. Got that right. I saw a dark black shadow on the far wall of the den as I walked down the stairs. Why do they always got to do that when your hands are full? That's so true. I froze and booked it back upstairs. After I calmed down, I started to check it out, totally doing a peek thing from the top couple of stairs. There was nothing. I went back down and tried to figure out if it was my shadow, but all the lights were on that wall and between myself and where the shadow was. Also, it looked like he was wearing a hat and leaned against the wall. Kind of like one of those yard ornaments of a relaxing cowboy. He looked like the flat black pink they use. That's literally exactly what I was thinking. Seriously, one of my neighbors had that. They no longer have it. They do their own different thing every fucking like month. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) That one I was used to. This one has like real clothes on it. And I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) But holy fuck. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, almost like the Marlboro Man yes. there, but it's not. Yes. 
probably should have read this one sentence before we made those comments, but his hat was more of a 1950s farmer style. Oh, well, we're still picturing it, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, he would purposely scare me. I would wake up with him leaning over me. He would vanish when I sat up straight. He would sometimes mess with the ornaments on our Christmas tree. Lights would also flicker on and off, seriously annoying when it was dark out and I couldn't see a thing. One day, he was in the kitchen when I walked around the corner and vanished as soon as I sucked in the air to scream. Always the same black shadow. I got pissed. I yelled out, I know you're here. I don't care if you stay, but if you don't stop scaring me like that, I'll get rid of you. Damn. He mostly stayed in the basement after that. The next time I noticed him, or possibly one of the other spirits, was yet another trip for laundry. I was at the bottom of the stairs with my basket, and I watched an orb start at my hand, go up my arm, turn at my elbow, and then go on past my shoulder. I just sighed and called out, I saw that, and then went about my business. I saved the best for last. You're going to love or hate this. Like I said, she was very motherly, never scared me on purpose. When my hair was longer, I would feel her playing with it. (gasps) (sighs) She liked it down and would run her fingers through it. When it was up in a ponytail, I would feel a tug. She also watched me as I slept, but never close like the man. I would just feel her in the room, and it was very comfortable. The funniest story I have from her was one night I was up way past my bedtime. I was laying on the couch watching TV and felt someone pull on the pillow under my head. She held on to opposite corners and tugged it back and forth, like wiggling it. I responded, yeah, I know. When this episode ends, I'll go to bed. Well, my show ended about 10 minutes later, but another one started, so I kept watching. The pillow again twisted and moved under my head, nearly being pulled out from under me. I grumbled, fine, and then went to bed. (laughs) I did some research and couldn't find any deaths in the house. But I do know that if people lived there and loved it, they may return. The house I live in now isn't haunted, and I kind of miss my ghost, even the grumpy one. Hopefully, I'll have another story for you soon. It'll be about the place I lived when I was a college student and the probable demon in the, you guessed it, basement, Renata. And you're so right, Renata. Carrie would love that ghost to play with her hair. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Like, I, like, instantly relax just thinking about it. Oh, my goodness. And I bet if my house was haunted and it wasn't anything malicious, that if I moved somewhere else, like, I would, it would be too quiet. It yeah. would, like, I would be alone for sure then. Yeah. Okay, this one is my hometown and funny slash gross family friend story. Oh, shit. Hi, pretty ladies. So, as per the people in the Facebook group, I will be sending in two of my stories. Time to dive right in and get creepy. Hometown murders. Before I start the story, I feel that I need to go ahead and state that this is an official trigger warning involving child abuse and for also being very gruesome. Yes, I will be going into detail. I come from the city of Brownsville down in the way south of Texas. This story is about a couple and three very young children. The three children were only the females, and the male in the story was just her boyfriend. So to give some backstory as to why I know so much detail, I used to work for an attorney who actually ended up being a prosecutor in the second trial. Oh, shit. Now the mental health of both adults was not in great condition. The man had a history of very heavy drug use, and his brain was practically fried by the time of the incident. The woman apparently had a low IQ apart from her own history of drug abuse. One day, the couple decided it was a great idea to sniff some paint while the children played around the apartment. High as shit, the boyfriend starts telling the girlfriend that her oldest son was a fucking demon. A demon. Oh, fuck. He says he can hear it in his voice and they needed to kill the child to rid the demon. (gasps) The mother fucking agrees. Oh, no, no, no. So what did these sick fucks do? The man decided his weapon of choice is a fucking meat cleaver. No. 
he begins to mutilate and hack the poor baby's limbs off. When he decides with a meat cleaver, mm-hmm, when he decides he's done, him and the girlfriend begin to fornicate in the child's blood. <gasps> and if that wasn't gross enough, they do this after they kill each child. <gasps> That's right. They repeat the process until they're all out of kids. Why? Oh God. Why did they kill the other ones if he only thought the the one was a demon? I mean, he shouldn't kill any. I'm just saying, like, no, I don't know. God. I don't know. Okay. The man is like, okay, my work here's done. Got a nap. And the chick is like, okay. So the bastard naps. Holy shit. Meanwhile, the mom decides now is a good time to come to her senses. She looks around and processes what she's done. She begins to scream. This is what makes the neighbors finally call the cops. Now a police officer gets to the apartment. I can only imagine what he's thinking. Oh my gosh. Maybe just some domestic violence or something. He knocks on the door and this lady is screaming. And the only thing coming out of her mouth is my babies. The cop is confused as shit, looks down and sees a doll on the floor, sees blood everywhere. Meanwhile, the lady is yelling about her kids. The cops tried to ask where the kids were and looks back down at the floor only to realize it was not a doll, but the dismembered body of an infant. (gasps) Yes, the youngest was an infant. Oh, gosh. Well, they booked the crazy couple, and if I remember correctly, either one or both of them are out because they're actually crazy. The apartment where this happened was torn down and has been replaced with a garden named after the three angels who tragically lost their lives. Oh my gosh. Sorry that was so long and dark, but now it's time to move on. Over on to more gross but funny question mark stuff. Oh gosh. I'll try to make this one short. A family friend of ours, Crystal, decided she was going to visit her aunt's house one day. As she opens the door, she starts telling her aunt how disgusting it smelled throughout the house. Her aunt replied with, oh, it's probably just the gas. Like, ma'am, if it's gas, you better nope the fuck out of there. But anyways, nobody else in the house seemed to be bothered by it, so Crystal thought she was being dramatic. That's when she walks into the restroom and runs outside practically vomiting. She said it seemed like the smell had come from the restroom, and she thought it must have been a dead talacuache. Translated from Spanish to English, it's a fucking possum. Or some shit. Come to find out, there was no dead animal. No. Instead, Crystal discovers that her cousin, who is in the room next to the restroom, has a rotting fucking leg, y'all. Like gangrene? Yeah. This man had a cut, which eventually got infected as shit and was now literally rotting. We're talking black flesh, rotting smell kind of shit. Crystal drags his nasty ass to the hospital, where they then later amputate his leg. Anyway, I hope y'all enjoyed my stories. Sorry they're so long, but a girl loves to talk. I love y'all, and I hope y'all have a great day. Viv. Those might be the grossest stories ever. But, um... I am here for that rotting leg. Oh, go. Carrie would like to look at it. I mean, I was thinking, y'all got pictures? (laughs) You mean squeeze some puss out? Oh, God! Oh, God! (laughs) And I'm going to be honest, I can't even touch that other story because it is too horrible. It's so sad. And if those people really are out, like... I don't know. That's just... I know. Whew. Thank you so much, Viv, for those two stories. Yes, absolutely. If you have any other cousins who, you know, have rotting limbs. Um, that was her friend's cousin. Oh, sorry. Friend's cousin. Quote, unquote, friends. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I had a friend. I'm asking for a friend. I'm just kidding. Hey, girls. Well, this isn't one big story, rather a collection of events that happened in what I believe is a haunted house. For this story, I think it's only fair I give a bit of background. My name is Memphis, and no, my parents are not fans of Elvis. (laughs) I'm from New Zealand, so all the way across the world from you. I found your podcast on Spotify while shuffling through other paranormal podcasts. The accents caught my attention, which I'm so in love with, by the way, but I stayed for your guys' personality and how much you can make me laugh. You guys are amazing, and your storytelling has me hanging on every word. Thank you so much, and uh, we would 
be hanging on every word with your accent. I was just thinking that. I'm sure uh, ditto about your accent. So back to the main story. Growing up, I was very aware of the paranormal side of life. My grandmother on my mom's side was and still is a very firm believer in the paranormal, and she wasn't shy about sharing that side with my sister and me. See, my grand was something of a medium or a clairvoyant and would regularly hold these sessions with other ladies, doing God's know what, but I do know that spirits were involved. I never really took to my grandmother's belief and really remained on the skeptical side of things. Whereas my sister really loved all those things and was a firm believer like my grand, and which is why I'm 100% sure she is more vulnerable to these things. Now to the house. When I was younger, my sister, mom, grandmother, and other grandmother and me lived in this very, very old house. I'm not sure how old. I never looked into it, but I know it was pretty old. It was a two-story Victorian-looking house on top of a hill in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by forest. If that doesn't give you chills, you're in for a treat. But it was never really a lonely house as it was known as the family home. Everyone was always over. Holidays were spent here with all the family. So more time than not, it was busy with family members. There was always a weird feeling in the house that both me and my sister noticed from a young age. I don't know if it's because my grandmother regularly invited spirits into it or the fact that one of my other grandmothers and a grandfather have died in the house was something that added to it, but there was definitely just a weird aura. This is getting way too long, so I'll get to the spooky parts now. I have a couple of stories to write about, even though there's so many. These are the ones that have stuck with me the most. On the second floor, in one of the rooms, there is a very high ceiling with a wooden plank running from one side of the roof to the other. Older cousins of mine regularly told a story of someone hanging themselves on the wooden plank, and if you sleep in there and you look up, you will see a body slowly rock back and forth. I never slept in that room, and I'm happier for it. There was a random cupboard in the kitchen that would regularly open itself that it just became normal. Doors shutting by themselves. My sister had this quote-unquote imaginary friend that I'm pretty sure was called Brian. He was a bad dude. Whenever he would see my sister playing with other kids, he would get mad and give her legit bruises. Oh my god. She would come running to my mom all the time saying he hurt her. To which my mother had to tell her to tell him that he had to go away and leave her alone. We never heard of him again after that. My sister is really in tune to the paranormal, and she has some pretty freaky stories, like hearing a girl singing in an empty classroom at our high school. One event that I don't really like talking about because it happened to me personally, even though I can't remember a single second of it, which I think just scares me more, is I woke up one morning to what I thought was a normal day. I walked to the kitchen for breakfast to my mom asking me what the hell was the last night about. I was immediately confused and asked what happened last night. My mom gave me this weird look asking me, you don't remember? I said no. What she then retells me left my body in chills. Apparently, the night before, I sleptwalked to the living room and in a high-pitched little girl voice screamed for my mom. She said everyone woke up and came rushing, and they saw me just standing there. She said that she had to lead me back to my bedroom. I was doing backflips and tumbles while yelling, what the fuck, in my head. I was left in goosebumps. It's never happened again, but just the fact that I don't remember any of it had me scared shitless. There's so many more stories, mainly generic ones like footsteps and banging, but this house will forever be with me. Sorry for the long one. Love you guys so much. Creep it real. Your podcast is everything. Oh my God. It's so scary when you have no control of what you do. You know, like, I mean, I've never experienced that. So it's like, like sleep paralysis or what they experience, like, that's so scary to me because it's such a foreign concept of having mm-hmm. no control like that. Yes. Also, Carrie normally gets the international ones, and she gets to say mom, and I got to this time. 
But not because it's planned. Like, it's just how they fall. Yeah. Okay. This one is a wreck and a shadow kid. Hey, beautiful ladies. My name is Chess, and I spent the whole last summer binge listening to your kick-ass podcast. Sorry if this ends up being really long, but I have two stories for you. The first story takes place here recently. I'm a third grade teacher, and this event happened on the way to work. I started my morning like any other, tired as hell, on my way to get a donut. I needed to get caught up on a couple episodes of your podcast and turned on the one called Keep It Classy. I get to the part about angels fighting, and of course, I start the whole questioning if all that's real. Then, out of nowhere, a semi coming from the opposite direction swerves to miss a deer and hits me head on. (gasps) Thankfully, I was wearing my seatbelt and drive like a granny. Let's just say the new Jeep was totaled and finally came to a stop in a tree line. I have no clue how I survived because looking at my car makes me realize I probably shouldn't have. After a Grey's Anatomy check of myself, (laughs) I ended up walking away from it with only heavy bruising and small cuts. Not really walking. I had an ambulance ride with an old man that smelled like bacon, but you get the picture. Never been a huge religious person, but I would say I have some guardian angels of my own. My next story is what made me a believer in the paranormal. Also, it's how I found out my hometown's grade school is haunted. Our school was two large circles that were connected by one long hallway. One circle was the elementary and the other the middle school. So it was my senior year and several of my teammates were working on softball posters. We were going to state and for our small town, it was kind of a big deal. We spent that evening glittering posters and small town gossiping. Finally, we were done and start making our way out. My sister and I were at the back of the group, and I just happened to look down the hallway towards the elementary. I saw the figure of what looked like a little boy. I laughed and yelled that someone was forgetting their kid. I just figured that one of the girls were babysitting and let their rugrats roam the school. I started towards it and then about peed myself. It became a shadow and then darted towards the fifth grade. I noped the hell out of there. I went home and told my parents. My dad looked very freaked out and told me a story about a boy who died in the fifth grade when he was in school. (gasps) The boy had a heart attack and died while a teacher was talking to the principal in the hall. He was in the class and everyone thought he was playing a prank. Oh my gosh. Nope, not a prank. I had never heard that story and was shook to the core. Fast forward five years, I went and taught fourth grade there for a year. I never saw the ghost again, but you can best believe my pizza-loving ass never stayed late. (laughs) Again, sorry my emails are forever long. Hope you enjoyed the stories. Creep it real, Chess. Holy shit. Wowza. I would have noped the hell right out of there, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you survived that car crash. That's so crazy that you were... Listening to that episode at that point, thinking about angels and if everything's real, and then it's kind of like, yeah, bitch. Yes. We real. The universe said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one's titled, My House is Fucking Haunted, Y'all. Hey, Donna and Carrie, I'm Sarah from Texas. I'm not part of the Facebook group because I don't have Facebook, but I listen to y'all all the time. I just want to tell y'all I love the podcast, and it's the only one I listen to. Y'all have the cutest voices and keep me so engaged. I'm thinking about making a Facebook just so I can join the group. Oh, Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I have several first-hand paranormal encounters, but I'll just be telling y'all about my current house in this email. I believe there to be several entities in my home, not all of which are negative, Anyways, enough rambling. Here's my story. My husband and I bought a house in May 2018. It's the cutest house built in the 90s, I think, and it has some beautiful upgrades and even an in-ground pool. Doesn't get any better. Mm -mm. I was kind of suspicious about how nice it was for the price, and honestly, that was red flag number one. I don't know much about the history of the property, just that it has had two previous owners. 
We bought the house from a family that had lived there for close to 20 years, so I was feeling a little more at ease knowing that someone had lived there for so long, kind of tricking myself into thinking that there's nothing wrong with it. The family hadn't been scared away in 20 years, so it can't be haunted, right? Anyways, when we first moved in, I don't remember anything feeling off. I am an excruciating empath and possibly clairsentient, so I take my gut feelings very seriously. It's a little invalidating at times because if someone else can't feel the vibes that I feel, it makes me think that maybe I'm wrong. To further my invalidation, I have a tasty buffet of mental illnesses, one being hella anxiety, so I sometimes wonder if what I feel is quote-unquote real or if it's just my mood fucking with me. One of the first things that started happening was our garage door would open and close itself all the time, like I'm talking multiple times a day, sometimes within minutes of each other. It really scared my mom and aunt who were visiting, but my husband and I were trying to rationalize it by assuming the sensor was off or someone close by has a similar frequency. The garage door is definitely something that has the potential of being debunked, but it is a very strange occurrence that happens all the time. I don't usually get a bad feeling when this happens, but sometimes I feel a little uneasy. I will say being in the garage alone does give me slight anxiety. My mom, who had lived in a haunted house, said that she definitely did not feel alone during her visit here. Our lights will flicker from time to time as well, and they have never turned all the way on or off, but they definitely dim and flash. This instant mostly happens in our kitchen and sometimes in our master bathroom. I acknowledge this could be debunked and is most likely due to the AC kicking on or the microwave beeping, but like, is it really? Now for a couple of things that are a little less explainable. I will suddenly get an overwhelming feeling of anxiety and panic, usually at night, almost every day. My heart feels like it's pounding and I am almost dizzy from the intense anxiety. Like I mentioned before, I have been diagnosed with a couple of mental issues, anxiety being one, so I'm not sure when it's just me or if it's something else present that is causing it. I'm going to work on my suspected clairsentience ability so I can better control and differentiate my own internal feelings versus the energies that surround me. I'm disappointed to say, even after smudging our house twice, the bad vibes have not completely vanished. We 100% hands down have a ghost cat, or at least something that resembles a ghost cat, My husband and I have both seen and have been touched by this entity, so I know I'm not crazy, and even my mom claims to have been touched by the cat. I have felt the ghost cat rub against my legs many times in our master bathroom, but also in other areas of our house. It feels so real every time that I always look down expecting to see our alive cat, but there's never anything there. Sometimes I will feel a slightly cooler breeze around my legs and wonder if it's a ghost cat. Once I was laying down on the couch and felt our alive cat jump up on a pillow that my head was on, but when I turned around to pet him, nothing was there. My husband and I believe that the ghost cat is black. I saw a little black flash in the hall and figured it was the ghost cat. I asked my husband what color he thought the cat was without telling him my thoughts, and he said black. I asked him why he thought it was black, and he said that he has seen a little black flash as well. My mind was blown. We had literally seen the same thing and can even agree on the color of the cat. However, neither of us have witnessed a full apparition of the ghost cat. I have a dog who is the sweetest, friendliest baby ever, not even exaggerating. I don't even know how my dog is real. Her temperament and personality is really that charming. That being said, she's pretty much nice to everyone and has never growled or bitten and hardly ever barks. She is not a guard dog whatsoever. So the only way I can tell if she's uncomfortable or doesn't like something is if she cowers by me or acts visibly shaken. She has met some pretty terrible humans and have liked them all. So when something scares her, I take it very, very seriously. 
She will watch down our hallway like a hawk. I'm talking ears up, head all the way turned to the hall on guard. She does get pretty jealous around our lab cat, so it could be that she's watching the hallway to try and deter our cat from coming in our room. But sometimes I'll look down the hall and our cat isn't even there. So I'm like, what is she guarding? Why is she acting so alert? That's not in her nature at all. Something else compelling that I've noticed is when our lab cat is in the room, he watches down the hall too. One night, my dog jumped on my lap. She's a border collie, and I'm an extra small pizza, so let me tell you, it kind of hurts when she does this, and she's way too big to be a lap dog, but I let it happen anyways because she's my pride and joy. Uh, I feel the same way when Bo's 95-pound ass jumps in my lap, and I let him anyway. (laughs) Anyways, my dog is trembling, like full-on shaking. She is panting like crazy, which dogs do when they're anxious or scared. She wouldn't move no matter how hard I nudged her. So I asked her to come outside with me to see if that would make her act normal again. When we get outside, she's her happy-go-lucky self. But when we come back inside, she's quivering again. I thought it was really weird, and although I personally wasn't able to feel anything negative, I knew something was in there, and it was scaring her. I was experiencing a bit of adrenaline, though, because I was upset this entity was scaring my dog. My husband says that this has happened with my dog and him one evening as well. I feel pretty weird in all the rooms in our house, but the one room that never fails to make me uncomfortable is the master closet. When I'm home alone, I will shut the doors to the closet or at least turn on the light. I sometimes turn on the light even when my husband's home. Our alive cat likes to go into the closet and poke around and sometimes fall asleep. But one time, I had the closet doors closed and our cat literally stood at the doors meowing and scratching. I was like, hell no, and shoot him out of our room. I get major bad vibes from that closet, like anxiety and fear. I was washing my makeup off once and actually started crying because I was getting such fearful vibes from our closet. Oh my God. It was that intense. I feel as though something negative hangs out in there, something that's not the ghost cat. Sometimes I'll catch our live cat watching something. Occasionally, our cat will get up and sprint randomly, like he's running away or maybe chasing something. This happens a lot in our living room. I will see things out of my peripheral often, and when I'm sitting outside on the porch, I will see something through the porch door only to look up again and it's gone. It's like a heat glimmer or something, nothing solid. I see it by the set of kitchen lights that tend to flicker. Many times when I'm watching TV in the living room, I see a black flash move along the wall near the ceiling. It's like a glitch-looking flash, long in shape, but it's still small. Usually, I would just shrug it off as my eyes playing tricks on me. But one time, my cat was looking at the exact same spot I saw the flash. I texted my husband to let him know that I swear I saw something, only to have him tell me that he has seen it too in that exact spot. He proceeded to describe exactly what I had seen. I had not described it to him before, so him telling me exactly what I saw was fucking creepy, and I knew it was real. He sees the black flash more often than I do, though. Oddly enough, I asked my mom if she saw or felt anything weird while she was visiting, and she proceeded to tell me that she saw a black flash and described it exactly as what me and my husband had seen. However, she saw it in the hall, and we always see it on the wall in our living room. My husband was actually able to make eye contact with yet another entity. I did not see this one, but one night we were sitting in the living room and he saw a short white mist near the ground. He was able to turn and fully look at it before it vanished. I have never been able to catch something head on, so I thought it was very compelling. Just last night, actually, I was taking a shower and saw a tiny black flash in the corner of my shower near the ceiling. When I got out of the shower, my cat was looking all around the bathroom and directly in that spot that I had seen the small flash. Coincidence? I think not. 
Blanche from Sinister Sightings 2, this one's for you. Sometimes I'll get a creepy-ass mental vision of a little girl staring at me, accompanied by anxiety. The little girl has elbow-length, stringy, light brown hair and is wearing a light blue or gray dress. It sounds weird, but although I have seen her face in my mind, I'm still unsure what her face looks like. Blanche, I know exactly what you're talking about when you say it's harder to mentally fill some rooms with the light than others, like the darkness is pushing back. I had a hard time getting my rooms bright white when I smudged. Some rooms I couldn't visualize past a fluorescent hazy yellow. I think my most solid evidence of something weird going on in our house happened one day while I was at work. We have a guinea pig and keep him by the window. Since it gets cold by the window, I keep a little blanket on the top of his cage to block any drafts and keep him warm. I leave the front of his cage uncovered because I don't want him to suffocate. I always leave it folded with my guinea pig's little igloo house on top so the guinea pig still gets social interaction and can't hide in his igloo all day. I get home from work one day to find the blanket completely covering the guinea pig's cage. I was super annoyed because I thought my husband had done it to tease the guinea pig. And I asked him why he covered his cage like that. My husband works from home and is home all day, but was very confused and had no idea what I was talking about. He swears he did not cover the guinea pig's cage like that. He was trying his best to rationalize it as he always does when something weird happens. He said it probably just fell or our cat yanked the blanket down over the cage. However, this explanation does not make sense as the igloo was sitting on top of the folded blanket, so in order for the blanket to cover the cage, someone would have to physically lift up the igloo, unfold the blanket, and then put the igloo back in place. Our fucking cat did not do that. A couple smaller occurrences. One time I woke up between 3 and 4 a.m. for like a week straight. I felt scared and didn't want to open my eyes. Nothing was visually there, though. Occasionally, my dog will pant and pace in the middle of the night, which is sketchy, but she's been pretty calm lately. Sometimes I can feel little cold breezes or pockets in the air, but it's not like the freezing cold they describe on ghost adventures, so maybe it's nothing. Also, I have tried to speak to the black flash entity, telling it to go away and that it was scaring me and my dog, but there was no answer back or any signs of an intelligent response. Thank you so much for getting through this long-ass email. I have more sinister sightings involving my husband's old apartment, my husband's childhood home, my childhood home, and a ghost tour in Colorado, but I'll save those for a different email. Love to all y'all from Texas. Creep it real and maybe get a little bit scared. Sarah. Wow. Uh, Also, if I had more land, I want a Border Collie. Those are the best damn dogs. Yeah, y'all shit is haunted, girl. Right? Tiffany had a Border Collie when we were growing up. Best dog. Okay, the next one is Haunted Mansion. Hey, Donna and Carrie. My name is Shay Abigail, and I absolutely love y'all's podcast. There has been several times I've had to turn the podcast off because I have gotten too spooked. Keep up the good work. I apologize for the length of my story, but it needs to be shared. Y'all enjoy. Side note, this did not happen to me. This happened to my parents, extended family, and a family friend. To start off, I'm going to give the history behind the house. I'm not sure what the name of the mansion is, but I do know it's near New Orleans, Louisiana. And as of 2011, the mansion is on the top 10 most haunted places in America. The three ghosts haunting the place are a butler, a little girl, and a voodoo priestess. The butler was the son of the plantation owner and a house slave. He was bitter about not being acknowledged as his master's son. He did, however, have his own separate house from the other slaves. Like, that really makes up for it. The three things the butler loved the most were women, cigars, and alcohol. One night, while drunk, the butler was laying in his bed and lit a cigar. He ended up falling asleep and setting himself on fire. If you haven't guessed it yet, that's what killed him. His spirit is said to wander the main house on his own. He loves to touch and watch women that visit and stay in the mansion. And if you smell cigar smoke, it means he's near. The second ghost is of a little girl who drowned in a well when playing in the sugarcane fields. Her ghost is said to be very mischievous and likes to mess with people's belongings and run up and down the mansion halls. 
The last ghost is of the voodoo priestess who lived in the mansion in the Red Room and is said to be the most evil of all three. Now to my main story. In 2008, my Uncle David was renting a room out in the mansion. At that time, it was a bed and breakfast. My mom, Allison, dad, Matt, Aunt Julia, Uncle Hunter, and a family friend, Scott, went down to visit David. They went down for the weekend to hang out and see New Orleans. Nothing happened to them until the last night they were there. Everyone walked downtown for supper and hit up a few bars. After a few hours of eating and drinking, they decided to walk back home. To get to the mansion from where they were downtown, you have to pass a cemetery. Scott got the great idea to swipe Allison's camera and jump the wall to get pictures of the tombstones and mausoleums. If he had just walked a little further, the wall ended and he could have just walked in. At the end of the cemetery, Matt noticed there was a tomb with what he thought was a perfect cat statue. When my dad called everyone over to see it, he reached out to touch it, commenting that it looked too real. That's when the cat jumped up and hissed and took off. Oh my gosh. Everyone was rattled, especially my dad. They finally made their way back to the mansion and found all the bedding that Julia and Hunter were using outside on the front lawn. Someone had thrown it out of the second story window. I thought I would add that my uncle is the only one staying at the mansion at this time as it was the off season to have guests there and the owners were on vacation and he locked the doors when they left. Everyone, excluding Hunter, who was so drunk my aunt put him to bed, started looking around to find who had thrown the bedding out outside. Everyone is staying in a group and checking to see if anyone was hiding in one of the rooms. The mansion was clear, and David said, let's go check around the butler's house. When they get out there, my uncle checks to see if the door is locked and jars the knob. From the inside of the house, they all hear a gruff man's voice say, go away. David loses his shit. Nobody is supposed to be in the house. When my mom was telling me about what happened that night, David told her that in his lease agreement, he would not ever go into the butler's house because of starting up activity and he would be evicted. David is calling all of his friends to see if they're pulling a prank on him. At this time, Matt said, I'm out and went up to bed because he hates supernatural stuff. Scott and Allison and Julia decide to investigate the third floor of the mansion. Scott gets on the phone with one of his friends who is a medium, and after saying hello, the first thing she said was, The priestess is a mad-ass bitch. Y'all need to leave. The medium knew my mom's maiden name without ever meeting her or any of her family. Scott sprinting up to the red room to see if he could get a reaction. Allison and Julia took their time following so they could really get a good last look at the house. When they reach the third floor, the hallway leading to the red room is lined with mirrors. My mom swears on her grave and her mama's grave that as she was walking down the hallway and looked in the mirror, it was not her looking back. <gasps> she said what should have been her face, she had black eyes and a head wrap. What the skeleton key is going on here? She scared the crap out of my aunt with her scream of terror. Funny enough, the whole time this is happening, my dad is in the room reading the Bible so he won't have a panic attack. Oh my gosh. He said he's laying on the bed propped up on the pillows when the curtain on his right starts billowing out and hitting his arm. He tucked the curtain in between the headboard and the wall, and again, the curtain comes out and hits him in the arm. He tried to explain it away that it was because the window was open and the wind was blowing, but the other curtain never moved. They never knew who threw the bedding outside or who the voice was in the butler's house. Since then, my uncle moved out. The mansion was sold and is no longer open as a bed and breakfast. Thank y'all for reading my story, and hopefully I will have another story for y'all after... February 1st, 2020, because I'm going on my first paranormal investigation. Ooh. Creep it real, you bad witches, Shay Abigail. Oh my goodness. I wonder what house it is. Yeah, it's not the Myrtles Yeah, if it's in New Orleans, yeah, it's definitely not. I'll have to research it, Mm because that sounds very good. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, the last one. Aloha from Hawaii. I have a bunch of stories, but I figured I'd start you guys off with my most recent story that is short and sweet. A couple of weeks before Christmas, my boyfriend and I went to do some holiday shopping at Ross. As soon as we walked in, we noticed there were a bunch of kids' toys all over the place. 
We started to walk towards the back of the store, but stopped in our tracks at the first shelf of toys. To our surprise, they had about six Stranger Things-themed Ouija boards for sale. Uh Uh-uh. We moved toward the shelf to get a closer look at the box and to let others pass us by. I pick up the box and say to my boyfriend, I wonder if there's some kind of disclaimer they put on these boxes. He replies, not responsible for any paranormal things that may or may not happen to you, as a joke. And then he asks, do you want to get one? And I say, hell no. We both laugh and I put the box back on the shelf. As we start to walk away and pass another part of the shelf, we hear a baby laugh. I look to my left and on the shelf, there was a baby doll standing there with its eyes open. It was almost as if it was taunting us and laughing at us because we were too scared to buy the board. We quickly noped the fuck out of there. I don't know if it was paranormal, but it sure was creepy to think that other people passed that shelf and the doll didn't make any noise until we passed after touching the Ouija board. I absolutely fell in love with your guys' podcast, especially Sinister Sightings. I listen to you guys at work and it's been slow here, so I'll be sending in a few more stories soon. Thanks, Gina. Uh, that doll was definitely laughing at you. And, yes. And uh, uh, fuck you, doll, because y'all weren't scared. You got sense. Yeah. Whew. Uh-uh. And definitely not going to get a Stranger Things themed one either, because, like, I don't want anything coming from the upside down. I mean, and I get what they're doing with that, like, to make the thing like she had oh, with the lights yeah. and all, but that wasn't a Ouija board. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. No. 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 Mm-mm. Uh-uh. No Ouija boards, y'all. Uh-uh. Except if you're Mandy from the Facebook group. She has all the old ones and stuff, and they do look really cool. But, you know, keep them over there. Yeah, uh-uh. Not this girl. I, you know, my ADHD ass, I would, like, see something shiny across the room, and I'd forget to close the shit out, and then we'd open a fucking portal to hell. Yes. Well, I would never want to do a Ouija board with Carrie because that girl shakes a lot. And I, one, the spirit would be so pissed. Be like, I'm trying to get to this letter. <laughs> be like, I can't help it. She she shakes a lot. Or I would be like, I got to go pee. Oh, God. She would. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would pee 17 times from nervous bladder before we even started. <laughs> and then we'd get halfway into it and be like, don't I really got to pee? I'd have to have a little, like... Catheter. Uh, well, you went there. I was going potty chair. Like, the old school, <laughs> yeah. like, you're going to just sit on a pot. <laughs> or I'd get an itch or some shit. I'd let go of the plancha. I would do something to break the rules just because I'm fucking clumsy. Yes. Y'all killed it again with all these stories. Thank y'all so much for sending them in. Keep them coming. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.